founding of the church. And now we're going to go to Acts chapter 5. And we're going to see a different look at the church. Amen. The church has started. Uh, you know, persecution was there. Uh, the apostles were, were were threatened. Yep, you, did you see you see this? The, the the apostles were threatened not to preach in the name of Jesus. So, uh, listen. Ever since the beginning of the church, there has been controversy. There has been persecution. There has been some form of resistance from the world. Why? Why? Because I believe the church is a powerful organism. Amen. And if Satan can convince you of anything else, amen, then he's won. He's won that battle. But think about it. The I told you that the book of Acts is the history of the church, right? So if you have your Bibles, we're going to read a little bit today. Uh, Acts chapter 5. Tell your neighbor, this is going to sting a little bit. Turn to your neighbor behind. Just turn around. Tell your neighbor, this is going to sting a little bit. All right. Acts chapter 5 verse 1 says, But a man named Ananias and his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property. And kept back some of the price for himself with his wife's full knowledge. And bringing a portion of it, he laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said to Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? And to keep back some of the price of the land. While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not under your control? Why is it that you have conceived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. And as he heard these words, Ananias fell down and breathed his last. And great fear came over all who heard it. The young men got up and covered him and carried him out and they buried him. Now there elapsed an interval of about three hours, and his wife came, and in not knowing what had happened, and Peter responded, to her, "Tell me whether you sold the land for such and such private." She said, "Yeah, we did that. We sold it for that price. Yeah, uh huh, just what you said." Amen. Then Peter said to her, "Why is it that you have agreed together to put the spirit of the Lord to the test? Behold, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door." And they will carry you out as well. Tell your neighbor it's going to sting a little. And immediately she fell at his feet and breathed her last. And the young men came and found her dead. Notice, last one he died, but now they found her dead. And they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Verse 11. And great fear came over the whole church and over all who heard these things. I want to talk about this morning. Last week I talked about I will pray for my church. Today I want to talk about I will not hold back from my church. I will not hold back 
from my church. I love my church. In America today, amen, there's an epidemic in the church today. And it is an epidemic of empty churches. I'm going to say it one more time. What used to be the pillar of the community has now turned into a Starbucks. Amen. Or a Whataburger. Or Chick-fil-A. Property that used to belong to the church has now been sold off. Because for some reason, the people of God are holding back from the church. Every year, 6,000 to 10,000 churches close. And they close their doors forever. But here's a stunning statistic. There are more than 70% of Christians... Uh, 70% of citizens in the United States still claim to be Christians. Amen. But congregational participation is less than 10%. I'm saying one more time. 70% of citizens in America today claim to be Christians, and only 10% actually participate in church. Statistics have shown that Barner Research reported recently that perhaps 50% of that 70% of people who claim to be Christians, I'm sorry, uh, 50% of those people were never Christians in the first place. Are you with me? You see, church buildings are closing and demolishing at a rapid rate. And that's just the building. What used to be a beacon light in the community is now turning into a commercial real estate deal. And saints, we have what's called an epidemic. I don't believe that it's just financial holding back. I believe it's also stewardship, time, talent, and treasure. I believe that the church plays an important part in our lives. I believe that. I believe that if you're a believer and you're not in church, you're not serving in church or you're not giving to your church, I believe that there is a dysfunction in your Christian life. I believe that. Because even today I found that without the church, I wouldn't be where I am today. And even though I preach every Sunday, I found out that every now and then and every week I have to take the word of God myself. Amen. And I have to 
apply it to my life. This passage of scripture that we find ourselves in today, it's the beginning of the church, but it's a tragic event. It's, it's tragic. I've read it for many years, but I've never really, I've never preached it before because I'm like, man, I can't preach that. That, that's kind of scary. But the reality is, if I don't preach it, we will end up just like them. And I don't want to be this church that used to be. Hello, somebody. I don't want to be this church that was around for 15, 20 years and now it's gone. So as a church, we have to think legacy. We have to look at the long view. We have to understand that we're not just here passing through, or you may be passing through, but I'm here for the long haul. I said what I said off camera for a reason, because here's the thing, I'm in it to win it, y'all. And I believe that without the church, my life would not be what it is today. I believe, hallelujah, that uh, many people are struggling with being totally honest with God about their true feelings, amen, about letting God truly into the areas of their lives that he can fix, that only he can fix. But but I said this to you last week, if God, can, listen, where your money is, that's where your heart is. Where you spend your money, that's where your focus is in life. I promise you that. The Bible says that. And we find in this story, we find that the church in chapter 4 had gotten together and they had brought what they had. They had sold the piece of property, all that they had. They were so sold out and so excited to be part of this new community, amen, that they sold everything they had entrusted the apostles with it. They were entrusted them with it because the, everything ran through the church. In other words, they knew that God was involved in this thing. So they brought their resources and they gave it to the apostles and not, not one of them had a need. If you look at verse 36, verse 36, it says, now Joseph, a Levite, amen, of superior birth, Siberian birth, who was called Barnabas by the apostles, which translating means son of encouragement and who owned a track of land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. He brought, he sold what he had and he brought it and he laid it at the feet of the apostles. Isn't that something? That's what you call radical. Something must have happened in his life. Amen. Can I ask you a question? Do you feel the same way about God? I mean, I'm just saying, do you feel like, man, there's nothing I wouldn't do for him? There's nothing that I could not, that I wouldn't give to him? You see, you have to have a transformed life, I believe. In order to have this kind of radical giving, y'all. 
And so we find in chapter 5, verse 1, we find a husband and wife. The church is on the move. They're excited. The power of the Holy Spirit was evident. The people's heart were moved to support the church. They, they did what I call radical giving. Everyone was supporting. Why? Because they were changed, y'all. Let's can I say something. When God changes your heart, he also changes your concern. He changes your cares and he changes your checkbook. Amen. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. I told you that last week that it's impossible to some degree it's possible, but it's really impossible to give if you're not filled with the Spirit. If you don't have the filling of the Spirit, then you will not really be able to give as you should. That's, that's why we give, because we're filled. Amen. The Holy Spirit moves on our hearts. Amen. Are you with me? The people's love were evident. And, and everyone was doing not their best, but their very best. I'm going to say it one more time. They were not doing their best, but they were doing their what? What I love about this scripture is that they didn't, they didn't just do their very best, but they did it without being told to do it. Amen. The, the Bible said they just did it. They just, out of Man, I'm saved. <laughs> Amen. I have a home in heaven. Come on, somebody. Amen. Not made with hands. Knowing that absent from the body means to be, hey, present with the Lord. I know I have a destination because before I was heading for damnation. Wish I had somebody. In other words, my life has changed. I have new eyes. I have a new heart. Amen. Now, I don't preach a whole lot on money because I believe that it's not, it's a, it's a no brainer. It's something that we don't need to discuss. It's just, it's just what happens on the heart of people who have really experienced a life change. Anybody here have had a life change? Now, now listen to this. I believe that holding back from God can be one of the greatest mistakes a believer could ever make. And I will show you today in this passage that holding back from God is linked to satanic activity. And I'm not just talking about your money. I'm talking about your life. When you hold back your life from God, Satan has, de has then convinced you that there's something better. Can I get an amen? amen? Let's look at it together. This couple was headed on vacation. They were heading somewhere. But look at verse 1. It says, but a man named Ananias. Now, Ananias, his name means, now, here's the killing part about his name. His name means God protects. You can have the name Christian and don't live up to it. Sapphira, his name, her name means someone that's fair, like, you know, valuable. God protects the valuable. <laughs> Amen. God protects his own. 
So with a name like that, they should have thought about, you know what? First of all, I'm just saying, right? Everybody was giving. They owned the track of land. Let's read it. But a man named Ananias and his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property. They did what? They sold a piece of property and kept back some. kept back some. It was theirs. But they kept back some. They kept back some of the price for himself with his wife's what? Full knowledge. And and bringing a portion of it, they laid it at what? So I believe that every time I hold back, put the first point up there, every time I hold back, I'm not fully Trusting God. They were like, man, now everybody's giving. I want to participate. I want to look, you know, you know what? I don't want that no more. You know how people walk around here? Everybody's giving. They walk by and they ain't got nothing. And then they just put, they act like they're giving. I'm going to call, call things like they are, y'all. Come on, let's just call it what it is, okay? Listen, what did you put there? <laughs> Nothing. Everybody else is on board, but here's this couple, right? They, they're not fully trusting God. And there are people in church today. They give, I'm going to get to that in a minute. They give what they can, but that can is a can't. Amen. I want to reveal, now now, listen, don't get mad. Don't get upset. Don't, don't, Don't get in your feelings. This is real right here. This is Bible. I ain't doing nothing to you. It's Bible. Tell your neighbor it's Bible. It's, It's Bible for real. Okay, now, every time I hold back, I'm not trusting, fully trusting God. You know why? Because God knows you're holding back. God knows, and here's the deep thing about it, right? We can't fool God. If God can heal, he knows. (laughs) Amen. Can I say, why do we hold back? I know why we hold back, just in case. Amen. Uh, (laughs) Just in case. Listen, they should have known that in verse 35, it says, and they were, if they had a need, listen, if they would have given it all that, that one time, I believe that we get an opportunity every week to give our best. But when we hold back, it's showing something about our trust level. A pair of lips will tell you I trust, but actions speak louder than words. And God is, you know what I found out about this text? God is interested in your giving. Oh, yes, he is. He is very much interested in it. Think about this. 
Does the punishment fit the crime? Uh Uh-oh, this is going to mess your theology up. They got killed for holding back. Lord have mercy. Does the punishment fit the crime? It tells you about the seriousness of God. That he wants you to put no other gods before him. He doesn't want to want you to put your car note before him. He doesn't want you to put your mortgage before him because he owns everything. And God has said, either you love me or you love the things I gave you. Y'all follow me? Y'all follow me on this? Watch this now. Watch this now. Listen, they didn't really want to be part of the congregation. They wanted the blessings. They wanted the benefits of being part of the congregation, but they did not want to participate fully. Can you imagine that some people in this church right now supports this church 100% while you're holding back? But you want the same benefit as them, and you're wondering why you're not getting the same benefits as them because you've been holding back. There's no trick to this. It's either trust or don't. Watch the next part of this verse. Watch verse 3. And Peter and, and Peter said, Ananias. Now, it's a tough message, y'all. So just say amen. Don't look, don't look like you look. You look. Some of you looking like, damn. I can't believe he's going to come up there. Verse 3. And Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan? This is the part that shook me. I want to I give you some theology here, right? Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? Give me the next point. Every time I hold back, I'm allowing Satan to fill my heart with lies. I'm not going to have enough to take care of my bills. I'm not going to have enough to do this. I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do this. I can't do that. God says, give. And you say, "Uh uh-uh, I can't do it. I can't afford to tithe. You have been satanically contaminated. The believer cannot be possessed, but the believer can open their hearts to Satan's ideas and allow him to fill their minds with the message, with this message to accomplish his purpose. You know why Satan wants you to hold back from because he wants us to lay people off. He wants us to not have the building. He wants us to not pay the pastor. You, you, you follow what I'm saying? He, he wants you to just be like, we're just barely getting by. Some of you don't even know my struggles. But I look blessed, don't I? If I were to tell you half of my financial struggles, you'd be like, dang. But God is so sovereign. You don't want to know why? Because I don't hold back. I never hold back. 
He says, why has Satan filled your heart? I never connected the two until I read this. I told my wife, man, I was studying the other day. I said, man, this, this, this is going to be a hard one right here, baby. This, whoo, Lord, I see she started praying for me. My question is, how did Peter know that? Exactly. See, when we come to church and we get involved in the service, you have now entered into God's realm. And many of us come into church and what we do is we play with the process. But I want to tell you something. Amen. God says it's time for you to stop holding back. Because if Satan has convinced you that God is not going to take care of you you need this money to do X, Y, Z, elemental P, then you don't believe in God's promises and Satan has now won that battle in your heart. He won. And he's the father of lies. Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? He didn't say nothing. All he did was brought it and he, in his actions, he lied. And my question is, how many times have we come into God's presence and we have lied to him by holding back what we knew we should have given? Satan doesn't want you to give. You know why? Because he wants, you, he wants to spite God. So he convinces you and I, hey, mm -mm. so every time I hold back, I'm allowing Satan to fill my heart with what? Lies. Watch this. Watch what he goes on to say. He says, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back what? Some of the price of the land. Now watch this. You ready for this? The word keep back there in the Greek, it carries the idea, watch this, it means to embezzle, to steal. Put the next point up. Every time I hold back, I'm stealing from God. Listen. The Bible says in Malachi, will a man rob God in tithes and offerings? And now this was grace giving and holding back. It fell in the context of not just robbing, but stealing. You got to pick your battle. Either you're going to be a robber or a thief. <laughs> you got to pick your battle, man. I'm sorry, a robber, a thief or a liar. And, and listen, I believe that these churches today are closing today. There are some who are committed to giving. And I thank God for you. I really thank God for you. Because this is all I'm going to do in my life. But I want to tell you something. Some of us, when you hold back, you're hurting the church. But you're stealing from God. Robbing is one thing, but stealing. Many people come week after week and never fully, listen, notice what it says. They, they, they brought, oh, 
They brought something. And that's the mentality. That's the lies that Satan has some of us believing. At least I brought something. But can I ask you something? What about the other part? What about the other part that you're holding on to? Watch this. The, the, the question I have, okay, is not is it your best, but is it your very best? Because what you'll find out is your best is not your very best, and your very best is not your best, amen, because you can do better. You with me? Watch this, watch this. When you steal, needs can't be met. Salaries can't be paid. Amen. And I want to encourage someone here today to let you know that God is trying to liberate you from a spirit that Satan has somehow convinced you of. That you will never have enough to take care of your needs. Look at verse 4. He says, now every time, I'm sorry, verse 4, while, while it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? So nobody's forcing you here to give, right? Nobody's telling you have to do this. But I'm just saying, holding back is holding back. But look what he said. Didn't it remain your own? Was it not under your control? Why is it that you have conceived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to what? Well, let me back up. He says, after it was sold, was it not under your control? Here's my, you ready for this? Watch this. Here's the next point. You ready? First of all, every time I hold back, I'm stealing from God. But watch this. The next thing is, every time I hold back, I'm fearful that I won't have enough when I need it. Fear. Listen, you can't give with fear, y'all. Some of us, we just pick a number and we it's, it's way low. You've been giving that for 15 years. You have never been above that, under that, in between that, and no wonder why you struggle so much financially. Because you're holding back. Because you're afraid you won't have enough for your needs. But can I give you a promise from God's word? My God will supply all my needs according to his words. I'm going to preach by myself here today. Come on, Sister Hunt, help me out, will you please? Because ain't nobody else saying nothing. Just you help me, will you please? Amen. Listen. This is a very insightful verse because if you're going to give, don't do it with hesitation. Give because it's yours, but give honestly, honestly. Stop lying. Saints, God knows what you give. Amen. And God knows what you should give. That's the deep part about it. You know why? Because he's omniscient. Let me tell you about God's omniscience real quick. God's omniscience means he knows all things. 
Before a word comes out your mouth, he knows it. Before a thought comes in your mind, he knows it. That's how omniscient he is. So when you drive to church, oh, yeah, I'm going to give this little five dollars today. You know, this five, this five dollars, they're going to help him out a little bit. What is hidden from human sight is still known by God. Scripture stresses about the wisdom of God in his all in, in all his actions. What you think you can't do is probably what you can do. Hello, somebody. I can't do that hundred dollars. That's hundred dollars. Now shooting a hundred dollars a week, man. That's a lot of money. Hmm. Can, can I ask a question this morning? Can I ask a serious question? How many want to change the way you give? Listen, every time I hold back, I'm fearful that I won't have enough when I want. You got that point? Did you write that down? All right, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, y'all. That's just a, it's just a powerful point. He says, you have not lied to men. Can you imagine that when I hold back, not only am I stealing, but the next thing I'm doing is what? Give me the point. You know, people answer real quick. I asked them how to, no, Pastor. Huh? Quick to lie in church, man. We lie so much in church, man. Man, it's a shame. I got five minutes. Watch this. We lie so much in church. The church should fall down. The roof should cave in. We lie about little things. Why didn't you come to church? Oh, I was tired. I, I, I went to see, I mean... I was dealing with some issues at home. You wasn't dealing with nothing. You were sitting up there chilling. You said, I ain't going today. But can you imagine that he says, you didn't lie to God. You didn't lie to man. You thought you were talking to me. You weren't talking to me. You were talking to Jesus. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit that's in the man of God. He says, you're lying. When you look to me face to face and you tell me something that isn't true, you're lying to God. When I come before God and I present my gifts before him and I haven't given him my best. I'm talking about my best. My very best. Beyond my very best. Listen, guess what? I'm lying to him. That's deep to me, man. Look at, look, listen, 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 again, d- d- don't have a misconception about God. See, they thought that Peter was just another man, but God was working through the man. Saints, lying to God is a serious offense. When you hold back what we know we should give to God, we're lying to him. You say, well, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to get paid once a month. But did you give 10% and above? Or did you just chuck them what you had? This is all I can do. Now you're lying. So let's see. Robbing, lying, stealing. That's deep, ain't it? Watch this. Watch the next verse. Watch the next verse. Verse 6 through 10. Let's look at verse 6 through 10 real quick. I'm going to summarize. The young man got up and covered him. I'm sorry, verse 5. And as he heard these words. Now let me show you how this applies today. 
Ananias did what? Fell down and breathed his last. Now, this is the Bible. This is, this is the Bible. And what happened? How many got a little fear right now? Huh? How many feel a little fear coming over your heart right now? Anybody got a little fear coming over you? Okay, you should. Give me the next point. Every time I hold back, I'm destroying my family. You know, you're affecting your children's college future. Do you know my daughter went to school on a full $70,000 scholarship? If I wasn't a tither, and if I was holding back from God, that would never happen to her. How many of you are affecting your children now and grandchildren and all kinds of stuff? You're affecting yourself. You're dropping dead. Stuff is dying. Dreams are dying. Come on, somebody. Dreams are dying. Destiny is dying. Amen. Business opportunities are dying. Come on, somebody. Amen. All kinds of stuff. Your faith is dead. Your finance is dead. Your future is dead. Your family's dead. Listen, all because you're holding back. Because you thought, man, I need this $100. Man, I need this $100. God knew what to give you. He knew what to give you, but I'm affecting my family. I'm hurting my family. Saints, this puts some fear in my heart. Because I care about my family. And if you care about your family, we'll do the right thing. Look what he says. He says, and he fell down and breathed his last, and great fear came over all who heard it. And the young men got up and covered him and carried him out and did what? They buried him. Now watch this. He didn't even get a proper burial. He was considered as a Gentile. They just covered him up and threw him in a hole. Usually, a Jewish funeral would take a couple days. They would spend time wrapping the body. They would do anoint the body with myrrh, incense, and all that kind of stuff. They would give them a proper burial. But listen, listen, God is putting the person who's holding back from him in a, in a, in a category that's satanically expired. So does Satan inspire us not to, not to, not to support? Yes, I believe that. He says, Satan filled his heart. Look at this. Now, an interval of what? Now, she's waiting at home like, baby, oh, yeah, we finna go spend that money. Listen, they already bought their ticket. They already had reservations. Plane was getting ready to leave. They were getting ready to get up out of here, man. Everybody's at the church. Let me go and get, why did they even do it, right? See, God is showing us something here. And I'm going to say this for real. If you're holding back, keep it. Don't give it. I'm going to believe that God is going to send somebody here who's going to give it. Because it's hurting you. It's hurting you. And watch this now. Now, if you don't give it, you put yourself in a worse situation than you would. Stop holding back. 
Can I ask you something? What's it going to take? How many things have to die around you? How many more things have to come under destruction? How many more things have to come under curse before you say, okay, God, all right, okay, I'm, I, I, I give in. When you put your needs before God's needs, your priorities are wrong. Satan has filled your heart there. Listen to this, listen to this, look at this, look at this. Look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. Three hours went by. Wife came in and said, what happened? Peter said, now, listen, tell me now. She, see, let me show you something. You're holding back? Listen, this is a family affair. You know what this reminds me of? Adam and Eve in the garden. Adam told Eve. Then when they all, amen. Eve took, ate, gave it to him. Now, immediately, they fell into death. They died that very moment. See, I'm not talking about you falling dead in church. I'm talking about your spiritual life is dead all because you lied. You held back. Watch this. Watch this now. Then they want to blame each other and Satan. Satan made me do it. Come on, y'all. It's time out for that. Holding back, y'all. But I love my church. People say they love their church and they hold back. Amen. Look at verse 11. All right, y'all got the point, right? I see y'all got the point. I ain't ain't even got to. Let me just read it anyhow. Uh, Baby, did you sell that land for such such price? You say, yes, liar. That's how quick people lie in church. And lying to the Holy Spirit. Look, then Peter said to her, why is it that you have, no, Peter asked these why questions, right? Why is it that you've agreed together to put the Spirit of the Lord to the test? Behold, the feet of those who buried your husband are at the door and you ain't going to Hawaii. You ain't going, listen, you went to Hawaii the last time on some stolen money. You went out to eat with some stolen money. You bought some furniture with some stolen money. That's why the stuff broke now. A to the man. Y'all should see what I see from here. Husband is a donkey. Guess what? He's taking you to the cemetery. Dead, that is. You're not going to visit. You're going dead. And immediately the Bible says she fell at his feet and breathed thought you love your wife. I I thought you love your children. Your children are dropping dead before you and you're like, what can I do? I have no... No, it's because of you. You're holding back. See, when you join the church, you join something. Like, dang, I wish I would have never joined. (laughs) Man, listen. A hundred dollars to God? A hundred dollars? Listen, if you strap for a hundred dollars, you need to come up here. I'm going to pray for you. Seriously. A hundred dollars? It's 2019. I'm about to say 2020. You have more than that because of who you are. See? 
But we think if I hold this hundred dollars, you got that little secret compartment in your wallet, you won't give it to God. You ain't gonna get that hundred up. How many got that little secret compartment? Uh-huh. I already know. I already know. There's some money up in there. Listen, 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 listen. Here's the thing. Here's how we here's how we rationalize this. I'm holding back for a rainy day. But what you don't realize is that God is in control of all days, including the rainy day. And that's probably why you have so many rainy days. Because you've been holding back so much from God that he said, you know what, I'm going to just send a storm in your life. And it's going to stay there until you get the point. Stop holding back from me. How can, how, how can you enjoy it? Amen. If it's stolen. Have you ever bought something hot? I did. I have. If, come on, how many bought some hot stuff? Can I ask a question? See, there you go. Don't lie in church now. Like everybody hand went up. Right? Watch this. How long did it last? And when you hold back, your money is hot. That portion that you're holding back is hot. Verse 11 says, and what? Great fear came over the whole church and all of all who what? Heard these things. My last point. Every time I hold back, you know, if you take this and put it in the context of a relationship, it's the same thing. Can I I share something with you? Even the weeks that I don't get paid. Last month I wasn't paid all the way. It's all right. It's like God is so miraculous. Here's what he has some of us convinced of. My needs. Out of all these points, I think that this one here. Every time I hold back, I'm fearful that I won't have enough when I need it. It's about me. Listen to this. People say they love their church. But do you love your church enough to take the lid off your life? Do you love your church enough to say, I will not hold back anymore? Will you support God's church, not just today, but for the rest of your life? Here are 10 reasons why people don't give. Number one, they don't believe. Number two, they don't know why they should give. They are in transition. They are in a difficult financial season. They don't know how to give. They don't know where the money is going. They don't see why. They're in too much debt. They're not involved or they just don't trust trust the church leadership. Can I say this to you? The church doesn't need your money first. The church needs you. 
And if you love your church, you will not hold back your time, your talents, or your treasures. Give God a hand clap.